Welcome to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Today, we'll show you how to use the spirit of love and self worth to improve the connections with everyone else in your life. This program is your weekly gift, and it will keep on giving. You'll see. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Well, hello and welcome, everyone. I hope you're all faring well. I'm Dr. Jean Marie, your Love Light host, and we are delighted for you to join us on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, shining love light into your hearts and homes to empower your life with love. Our show today, Marked for Life, Finding Grace and Grit, Where You Least Expect It, with Paul Templer and Rebecca M. Simmons, will certainly be uplifting, enlightening, and inspirational. We all face challenging situations, and sometimes we cannot see light at the end of the tunnel. How can we get to the other side of the mountain? The hand of divine grace gives us the power to take inspired action to move forward on our paths. I know this to be true because in my deepest and darkest hours, the hand of grace was extended with divine gifts that gave me hope, courage, and perseverance to push forward, taking steps that transform my life. I'd like to share an excerpt by Theodore Roosevelt that is very empowering. The man in the arena. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcomings, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. I just love this. Uh, so out of pain and suffering and, and challenges, we can be victorious. We can create something beautiful, something of value for ourselves and others. And our guests today, Rebecca M. Simmons and Paul Templer, will show us how. They're co-authors of the international bestseller, Marked for Life, Finding Grace and Grit Where You Least Expect It. Rebecca has a master's degree in theology and is the founder of Blissfully Living, LLC. She grew up in rural Wisconsin and now calls Chicago her home. She has over two decades of experience leading groups, workshops, teaching and speaking. And she's a firm believer that despite life being painful and hard, we are created for goodness, purpose, and to be our most awesome, authentic selves. Paul grew up in Zimbabwe, Africa. He's an adventurer, entrepreneur, 
philanthropist, speaker, and neuroliteracy expert. Paul believes that anything is possible and that gratitude, kindness, and love are superpowers that we all possess and that we all have the power to utilize at will if we choose to. What a powerful and amazing team. And I'm pleased and honored to welcome Rebecca M. Simmons and Paul Templer on our show today, Marked for Life, Finding Grace and Grit, where you least expect it. Welcome, Rebecca and Paul. Hi, thanks. It's great to be here. Hi, yes, Jim. <laughs> yes, and welcome, welcome. Uh, I must share with our listeners that in my conversation with you, I found you both to be relatable, practical, and I must say, breaths of fresh air with astounding wisdom, insights, and personal experiences that are true testimonies to the essence of grace and grit. Uh-oh. And, and you know, uh, you both have such enriching uh, uh, lives and uh, you're empowered and you have a lot of training and expertise. Tell us about yourselves and what inspired your passion and purpose. I think for me, the, there are two things that inspire my, my passion and purpose. And the first is that I have a pretty steadfast belief that I am uniquely created by God. That's my word, God. So you might call it divine, power, power, power source. But I just think I'm literally on this lifelong quest to grow into my most authentic self. And that inspires me daily. I think it's such a gift that I get to do that for my life. And everybody gets to do that for his or her life. And then the second thing for me would be that um, I'm inspired by people's stories. It's an honor. And I, I'm sure, Dr. Jean, you you get this in your line of work. But it's such an honor when people share their stories and the things that they go through in life. And to me, it's astonishing. It blows my mind that what people go through and the challenges they overcome. It's just amazing to me the capacity that humanity has to be resilient. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. Jean, I think mine comes from a, a slightly different angle. Okay. <laughs> I seem to be spending at least this life uh, doing a lot of field research on navigating pain and angst. And um, it, it doesn't matter if I had a bad day at the office one day where I got attacked by a hippopotamus that bit my arm off. I've, I've navigated a lot of health challenges, divorce the death of a child. And, and no matter what life seems to throw at us, COVID, the, the list could go on and on and on. It, 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 it continues to ignite my passion and purpose insofar as we're all here in this, this incredible community on planet Earth. And how can we learn from each other? Um, how can we teach each other? And how can we keep moving forward um, in a way that we can move with love and with dignity so that we can just keep doing the next right thing. It may sound like naive, but that's my passion and purpose. Well, th- those are both beautiful uh, comments regarding your inspiration, passion, and purpose. And I think we can all say that we can, we've identified with challenges and no one is exempt, <laughs> you know, whether it's health or you know, uh, marital changes or 
uh, loss and change in, in whatever capacity, we all can identify with that. Now, this brings me to the point about grace and grit. What is it and why are these so important and how can they help us cope with these hardships and navigate through anxiety, grief, heartbreak, whatever we're, you know, dealing with? Yeah. For me, grit isn't so much something I I think I can put words to a definition. It's a physical sensation when I when it, I think about the definition of grit for me. It's this my shoulders become broader and wider and I sort of clench my jaw and it's, I'm going to get through something. And it could be just really small increments or small steps that move me through whatever that challenge is I'm trying to get through. It's not necessarily a fast paced moving experience, um, but it's that like you just move, you just have to move a millimeter. That's it. And it's just that sort of hunkering down and doing it. And I think that's important because sometimes if you stop when you're going through those, you know, some of the things you listed, anxiety, grief, heartbreak, if you stop, you know, that's when negative forces or self-doubt or external things, um, I think, can influence you in a detrimental way. And I'm going to borrow for your the the other word you asked about was grace. And I love the concept of grace, And but I'm going to borrow Anne Lamott's definition for grace because I love her, her definition. She says, um, I don't understand the mystery of grace, only that it meets us where we are and does not leave us where we found it or where it found mm, us. Beautiful. And I love that concept that it accompanies and moves with us no matter where we are, what we're doing. It's always there for us to access and tap into. Mm, I love that. And Ubiki, would you say that ties into, so with, with grace is that when, when one's in that state of grace, there's that ease, there's that peace, there's that dignity that comes with that. Um, as you were speaking, that's what showed up for me. Mm, that's beautiful. I love and what then, you're saying. Oh, go ahead, Paul. Sorry. And then I don't know the flip side of it, because in that ease and grace, no worries, is um, the grit. And <laughs> I don't know, a fairly, maybe it's a baseline definition, but I think grit is just just really getting up once more than you get knocked down. Mm. I love what you mentioned about the physical sensation, because when we feel you know, we, we, we manifest. <laughs> and uh, I love that. That's so positive. And the quote by Anne Lamont and, you know, Paul, that whole aspect of ease and grace and grit and dignity, because, you know, when we're beaten down by life tragedies, gosh, does that take us through a beating and we lose that dignity and, and even that sense of worth. <laughs> so uh, I love what you're saying. And you know, grit, you know, gives you that passion and that zest for life. And, you know, when I think about Grace, uh, that poem, what footprints in the sand, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I was always carrying you, you know, so mm -hmm. that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, what were unexpected places where you found Grace and Grit for Healing that inspired you, uh, you know, even to just write your book? 
And how did this really change your tra- trajectory for the better? Because so many people cannot get past loss, tragedy, grief, and they grief and they get stuck. So what were your experiences in terms of finding grace and grief? Wow. So there's so many places we could go with this. I think, um, Jean, we, when the, this book, it, it came into being during COVID. It was it turned into Rebecca and my COVID project. And, and we had just met and we, we had both recently pre-COVID it gone through a lot. Uh, Rebecca had gone through a divorce. I'd gone through a divorce. It, there'd been health challenges. And it was shortly after my daughter Erin died early on in COVID. She was 15 at the time. Mm. And Rebecca and I were speaking on a daily basis. She was shelter in place in Wisconsin. I was in Michigan nearby my other kids. And it was through conversations, through dialogue with Rebecca that we were able to, to look and reflect newly on our experiences and figure out what worked and what didn't work. And, and that really, really became the catalyst for, for writing this book. Okay. Where, where, where grace and grit was alive this seemed to be a direct correlation to outcomes that we both desired mm-hmm. where grace and grit wasn't apparent mm, didn't really like those outcomes so much and by dissecting it and looking at it we were able to to find ways that could help each other attain and stay in that, those states of grace and grit mm, beautiful Rebecca, do you have anything to add regarding that? Places where you found grace and grit? And I love the fact that both of you, you're a team and you helped each other because so often we don't have that uh, inspirational support system. Many people are surrounded by, you know, people complaining and feeling victimized and, you know, just stuck. And if you surround yourself with that kind of energy, you're going to be stuck. Right, <laughs> mm-hmm. right. You know, I think... I mean, it was unexpected because it's coming out of these pretty horrific, especially for Paul, disease, loss of child, divorce, for me, divorce, um, but coming out of these really sad, challenging places, but also realizing, but we don't want to stay here. We want to end up somewhere else. Both mm. of us had a different definition of where the, you know, where our goal was, but it was in a positive place. It was, you know, someplace good, not mire down in this negative feelings and and despair. So I think it was, well, then what are the tools we need to to utilize to get there? And let's make sure we stick to those and and arrive at those places. Mm, I love that. Uh, Where do you want to go from here? Uh, But I know it, it may sound easy, but you know, many listeners out there are trying to figure out, I I don't know the next step to take, you know, what do I need to do? You know, I'm stuck. I don't know uh, any first step to take. And uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit more in terms of sharing insights about human strength and hope, because so many people feel powerless and uh, don't, can't access that inner strength to prevail over life challenges and how we can 
actually harness and access grace. But I think we're up for a brief commercial break. (laughs) Time flies. (laughs) Uh, So uh, to our listeners, don't go away. We'll be right back with more on Marked for Life, Finding Grace and Grit, where you least expect it with our amazing guest, Rebecca M. Simmons, founder of Blissfully Living, LLC, Paul Templer, adventurer, entrepreneur, philanthropist, neuroliterary expert, and they're both co-authors of the international best-selling book, Mark for Life, Finding Grace and Grit, Where You Least Expect It. So is the name of our show. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Announcing Dr. Jean-Marie Farish's new book, Love Mastery Devotion Journal, 21-Day Weekly Prompts and Affirmations. This is the companion piece to Dr. Farish's best-selling book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being. Through the new book, we invite you to cultivate a lifestyle of love through daily devotional practices over a 21-day period following nine ingredients in the recipe of love. Love Mastery Devotion Journal, 21-Day Weekly Prompts and Affirmations is available on Amazon.com and Balboa Press. Jean Marie Farish's Center for Conscious Loving, LLC, cultivates a lifestyle of love and wholehearted connections through personal growth, altruistic services, and speaking engagements. Resources include classes, workshops, life care coaching, and creative service projects with an emphasis on cultural arts. Visit the website at Dr. Jean Marie Farish ConsciousLoving.com. That's Dr. Jean Marie Farish ConsciousLoving. Dot com, or click the link on the Love Light show page. Best-selling authors international, news honors best-selling authors around the globe. Dr. Jean-Marie Farish is featured in the newly released issue of Published Magazine. To have first access to this treasured resource, go to PublishedMagazine.com. Vicki Winterton and Dr. Jean-Marie Farish have compiled a dynamic book, We're All In This Together, Embrace One Another, an anthology with 24 highly diverse co-authors who share how to spread the message of love, resilience, inclusivity, and compassion. This book is an invaluable source of uplifting, inspiring, and positive insights for spreading positivity in the world. We're all in this together. Embrace One Another is available on Amazon.com. Be sure to get your copy today. Dr. Jean-Marie Farish is proud to announce the release of her new book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being, available now at Balboa Press. This book will help you master your life and flourish in love. You'll learn how to become a better and more evolved you. Feel good by making life-affirming choices. Deepen your feelings and expressions of love. Tune in love and sustain the change and flourish in love and find your joy. Visit BalboaPress.com and search for Living in the Spirit of Love and enjoy Dr. Farish's new book today. I'm Judy Satori. I'm a spiritual channel and activator of human potential. You might have heard me speaking on The Voice of America on Dr. Jean Farish's show, Love Light, because I've been speaking about the challenges that are besetting all of us right now and how we can surrender but also keep on going. I want to invite you to join my new Facebook group that is devoted to heart-centered connection and unity. Through this Facebook group, 
You can also join my free access question and answer session with Spirit on the first Wednesday to Thursday of every month. Just search Ascension Community on Facebook to join the group. In this session, I answer questions and transmit energy from Spirit to give you guidance and support. Because life on planet Earth ain't easy right now. And there is so much help from above, from beings of love and light, from multidimensional realities who are actually here with us, wanting to step up and support us. I welcome you to become part of our ongoing group conversation about evolutionary change and how it's affecting us as human beings and affecting our life today. Many blessings to you. You can find out more about me and my work at www.ascensionlibrary.org. Have a wonderful day. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Feel free to connect with our program through email or check out our links on Facebook. Reach Gene at Gene72Farish at Yahoo.com. That's Gene72Farish at Yahoo.com. And now, back to Love Light. Well, welcome back to Love Light, Living in the Spirit of Love with our amazing guest, Rebecca Simons. Uh, I'd like to really reinforce uh, her, <laughs> the correction for her last name, uh, Rebecca M. Simons, founder of Blissfully Living LLC, Paul Templer, adventurer, entrepreneur, philanthropist, neuroliteracy expert. Both are co-authors of the international best-selling book, Mark for Life, Finding Grace and Grit Where You Least Expect It. So is the title of our show today. So thank you, Paul and Rebecca, for kind of sharing, you know, your thoughts about what Grace and Grit is all about and sharing your stories. So let's uh, talk about uh, this whole aspect of uh, human strength and hope. Many feel powerless. Uh, how can we access strength and prevail over life challenges? And how can our listeners really harness and access grace? One of the things for me that helps me when I'm feeling powerless or like I'm not strong enough to get through something or accomplish something is taking really small steps. So <laughs> literally when I um, was going through my divorce, I thought it was going to be the death of me. I thought I was going to die. I thought the emotional duress and just the negative feelings I was feeling in my body were going to cause my death. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not going to make it through this. I'm going to die right here on my bedroom carpet and that's going to be the end of me. And then I just started to think all I have to do is get through five seconds, just breathe and get through five seconds. Hmm. And I would, and then I would get through 10 seconds and then 30 seconds. And I would literally set the timer on my phone to get through these small increments of time. And from that, once I got off the carpet and realized I was going to live, right, I, I started applying that to other areas of my life. I'm all for 
you know, grand slams. They're amazing, right? I'm going to go down a baseball metaphor here. So grand slams are spectacular. Yay. We love them. But really a base hit is forward progress. And for somebody with a personality like me standing at the at home plate, watching balls go by four times and getting a walk to home to first base is progress because sometimes not getting angry, not getting frustrated or irritated or sad or depressed is a major feat, right? Not reacting, not swinging. And that moves you forward to first base and that feels good. And then you get to move forward to second base and event, you know, it's just this small, small steps for me became really a life changing strategy when I feel powerless, when I don't feel strong. I love that because it's so practical. And by taking those small incremental steps, to me, it keeps us present Mm, in that present moment. And it's very self-assuring and self-reinforcing. Right. Yeah. You think, okay, I just did it. I can do it again. Yes. Yes. I can't do it an hour. (laughs) Like I I couldn't do an hour. But I can do these 10 seconds right now, for sure. Would you you agree that people get overwhelmed, you know, looking at the, you know, gosh, you know, how can I manage this mountain? (laughs) How can I get? And what you're saying is so practical, Paul. You know, it is practical, Gina, and Rebecca and I had a lot of conversations. It was part of the genesis of this book. And um, we, we both marveled at how there are moments where we, are able to make that choice to mm. slow down, to spend those few seconds. But the thing we were we were curious about, and, and we were avid students. We had looked at, take for example, Viktor Frankl and logotherapy, and and in that he talks about between stimulus and response, there is a space, and in that space we have our choice. I'm paraphrasing here, and we would talk about, okay, so I'm really overwhelmed how do I choose to take that five seconds? Mm -hmm. And that's where this fascinating research and all these studies um, around neurochemistry, neurophysiology, neuroliteracy um, came to bear. Because until we understood that at a very elementary level, um, there's really just a bunch of neurons firing in our brains, which light up neural pathways that inform every single aspect of our interactions with ourselves and with each other. Uh, by this, I mean these neurons that are firing in our brains are coloring our moods, our outlook, our sense of what's real, what's possible, what's impossible. Until we can manage those neurons firing and wiring and get them firing information in a way that's consistent, with what we care about, then it becomes kind of a crapshoot. We, we, it, it, it's left to chance. So as, as fantastic as this notion of when something happens, I need to just settle down and take a few seconds. Um, a lot of people, when their brains are hijacked, um, the term amygdala hijack, for example, they, they don't even have access to that moment of choice. But what Rebecca pointed to is if we can build a series of practices that create that space, then there's a plethora of choice that becomes possible. And you we talk have a lot. Oh, yeah, you talk a lot about the power of choice and uh, the neuroliteracy, uh, uh, neuroliteracy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And and, you know, we're with ourselves all day long. You know, we are (laughs) we we can't escape 
from ourselves, right? Right. right. Yeah. And the negative self-talk. What are we doing to ourselves with all of that negative thinking and self-talk? And Paul, I think you have. We talked about these fundamentals of that AIRP uh, oh, right. process. Can you maybe highlight that? Yeah, sure. Jean, the way our brains work, so we have these AIRPs, that's automatic intuitive reasoning processes. So just based on our, our history, our background, um, our brain fire, fires and neurons fire in a certain fashion, and they become automatic. And that becomes the way we interpret and interact and engage with life. So something happens, a set of neurons fire, and we respond a certain way. And if we're consistently showing up in counterproductive um, ways, having counterproductive experiences, and by counterproductive, I just mean things that aren't working out for us, um, we're going to keep showing up that way because the more these neurons fire together, they wire together. And before long, we become certain that that's the only way moving forward. That's going to be our lot in life. That's just who I am. Mm. The beautiful thing with neuroscience, we know that there's these, there are these things called EDRPs, effortful, effortful, deliberate reasoning processes. Mm. And this is when we put some effort into looking at a new way of showing up. So, Okay, here's the situation that happens. I've brought some intent to, I don't want to feel devastated all the time. So let me bring some effort to the scenario and do something different. As soon as I do that, I've opened up a new, whole new range of possibilities and opportunities. Because the moment I do that, the moment I shift out of this is the way things are to this is the way I want things to be, I'm activating a different set of neurons. Hmm. How do we do that? It's kind of like playing cards with someone. You're looking for, instead of their tells, your tells. You bring intentionality to, okay, I don't want to deal with this situation. Perhaps a great example would be, and it's probably the most extreme example I hope I ever deal with, was the day my daughter died. She was 15. I remember receiving the phone call, and I can remember the devastation. And I can remember thinking I would have every right to get caught up in this story and go with it. This is the most awful thing ever. And then I had this thought of, but how do I want to show up? What would the best version of me look like, feel like? How would he be and what would he do in this situation and that meant show up in a way that took care of my kids so the AIRP was to get devastated overwhelmed grief stricken the EDRP was how do I show up in a way that takes care of my kids now I'm not smart enough to access how to get there particularly when I know there's all these stresses because there's very real stress happening when you just find out your child just died but I did know that the way our brain works, for example, in this situation, I can't be grateful and grumpy at the same time. Mm -hmm. I can't be accepting and devastated at the same time. So what I did is I got my brain, my thoughts, to look at things I was grateful for regarding Aaron. And you know what? As soon as I went to that space, my neurochemistry changes. My neurophysiology changes. Different parts of my brain get activated, 
And I now have the choice over what happens next because I'm not caught up in the AIRPs of devastation and despair. I'm caught up in the EDRPs that are connected to gratitude, appreciation, and showing up as who I want to be. Does that help? That, that's perfect because we can get stuck in time. It's something about adversity, as you indicated, that moment when you get the information or that tragedy strikes. It's like we, it, it, it paralyzes us and uh, we're stuck in that time. Uh, and then comes emotions of guilt and shame and anger and all of that. <laughs> and what you're sharing is that we can choose and gratitude is a strategy. And who does not want to feel better? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, and Jean, if I could just piggyback on something you said there, because this is, is something Rebecca and I really hope your listeners take away from this, is the, the reason I went to the most extreme example I can think of that's happened to me personally is people sometimes roll their eyes and they go, oh, so feeling grateful, great, but you don't understand how tough my life is. Mm. Um, there is so much science that looks there's a there's an incredible group um, down in California, the Heart Math Institute, who um, study the impact of um, the scientific impact of emotions and the way that impacts our bodies, our brains, the way we show up in life, etc. And we know that by generating an authentic mood of appreciation or gratitude, just finding something to truly be grateful for and to sink into that feeling, there's more neuronal activity that goes from the heart to the brain and the brain to the heart. So if we can get to a place where we authentically feel grateful, the activity and the, neuro, the way the neurochemistry and the neurophysiology changes is it shifts from, to put it in a real simplistic fashion, it shifts from the part of the brain that is not helping us get where we're trying to go to, to it takes us to the part of the brain that works for us, the part of the brain that's set up for our success. Now, the other part isn't set up for our failure. It's set up for our survival. Mm. This is just giving us access for the most appropriate part of our brain to be able to drive the thoughts, the feelings, the moods, the sensations that are going to help us take care of ourselves and who and what we care about. Well, that's very educational. And I love what you said about authentic gratitude because, you know, people can get into this rote aspect of, okay, I made my list of things that I'm grateful for. <laughs> you know, and then right. this is what I do every day. I'm grateful for this, that, that. that. But, you know, I it's a feeling into the gratitude, feeling into the appreciation that makes a difference. It's not just making a rote list. Right. In fact, making that rote list gene can become counterproductive because if I'm doing it in a mood of, oh, here I go again, <laughs> yes. the, the, the key element for when we look at applied neuroplasticity at, at rewiring our brains, using our mind to rewire our brains, that's basic neuroliteracy, that the key ingredients, the key elements are repetition plus emotion. Hmm. So if I'm repeating something, but the emotion is counterproductive, I'm ingraining a counterproductive connection. So I have a different set of neurons. So it's, it is your, your point is so real. I just want to highlight what you said is making it an authentic experience of gratitude. And if you want to know what that looks like, it's not that hard. If, if all your listeners just take a second right now, 
take a breath and think about someone or something in their life that they're grateful for and that they appreciate. And if, if they look, if they use their mind's eye and they go, oh, wow. And then they let themselves feel what that feels like, what happens in their body, what happens to their emotions. Yes. Yeah. And That's their life. authentic. Right. I think the more grateful you, in my experience, the more grateful I am, the better my life becomes. <laughs> like yes. It just is a fact. <laughs> right. You are right, but it's a feel good thing. You know, when you get right. into the energy of gratitude and as Paul indicated, you know, think of all the things or the feeling about that person or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, what you've done. or It's a feeling into it that makes all the difference. Right. And uh, uh, Paul, you you you've talked about heroic suffering. Maybe can you highlight uh, something <laughs> about that? I just think that's so in- incredible. Uh, before we can go on break, can you highlight uh, what that's about? Absolutely, heroic suffering. And the, the reason I kind of laughed, you know, is this is uh, <laughs> really it's not a pretty outfit, and I wear it every now and then. And that's <laughs> I think we all do, right? <laughs> It's, it's those times when life is unfolding in a way, and I forget that I've got choices, and I get caught up in what I like to call heroic suffering, and that's when I'm showing up as a victim in my life, when I've lost sight of the fact that just taking a breath and connecting with gratitude is what I need to do to shake the shroud of heroic suffering and move into an aspect where where I have some control, I have some dignity, uh, I, I can move with ease, with grace. And and people on the outside looking in might go, huh, that shows grit. Yes. It, it really, it may be what they say, but for me, it's, it's ease and grace. It's I'm- my choosing not to heroically suffer. Yeah, taking off that heavy cloak. <laughs> and and right. one thing, too, that I think is, is important is that when you go through certain experiences or grief, like you shared, the loss of your child, and, you know, people expect you to suffer. If you're walking around being grateful, they're like, wow, you know, they're, but it's not about them. It's about you. Wouldn't you agree? Because sometimes people respond in the way that they expect, uh, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of expecting from how others think they should respond. What's your take on that before we move into break? I couldn't agree with you more. And and sometimes um, that can really trigger them when you don't show up in their paradigm. But that's back to those AIRPs you mentioned earlier. That That's a them issue. Um, that's um, them seeing the world through their eyes. Yes, yes. And, you know, gratitude can, uh, I always say, can make a bad moment better and a good day even better. (laughs) Amen to that. (laughs) So with that note, I think we're ready for a brief commercial break. So for our listeners, don't go away. We'll be right back with more on Marked for Life, Finding Grace and Grit, where you least expect it with our amazing guests, Rebecca Simons and Paul Templer. Uh, Rebecca is the founder of Blissfully Living LLC and Paul Templer, adventurer, entrepreneur, philanthropist, neuroliteracy expert, both co-authors of the international bestseller Marked for Life, Finding Grace and Grit, where you least expect it. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Vicki Winterton and Dr. Jean Marie Farish have compiled a dynamic book. We're all in this together. 
Embrace One Another, an anthology with 24 highly diverse co-authors who share how to spread the message of love, resilience, inclusivity, and compassion. This book is an invaluable source of uplifting, inspiring, and positive insights for spreading positivity in the world. We're all in this together. Embrace One Another is available on Amazon.com. Be sure to get your copy today. I'm Judy Satori. I'm a spiritual channel and activator of human potential. You might have heard me speaking on the Voice of America on Dr. Jean Farish's show, Love Light, because I've been speaking about the challenges that are besetting all of us right now and how we can surrender but also keep on going. I want to invite you to join my new Facebook group that is devoted to heart-centered connection and unity. Through this Facebook group, you can also join my free access question and answer session with Spirit on the first Wednesday to Thursday of every month. Just search Ascension Community on Facebook to join the group. In this session, I answer questions and transmit energy from Spirit to give you guidance and support. Because life on planet Earth ain't easy right now. And there is so much help from above, from beings of love and light, from multidimensional realities who are actually here with us, wanting to step up and support us. I welcome you to become part of our ongoing group conversation about evolutionary change and how it's affecting us as human beings and affecting our life today. Many blessings to you. You can find out more about me and my work at www.ascensionlibrary.org. Have a wonderful day. Dr. Jean-Marie Farish is proud to announce the release of her new book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being, available now at Balboa Press. This book will help you master your life and flourish in love. You'll learn how to become a better and more evolved you. Feel good by making life-affirming choices. Deepen your feelings and expressions of love. Tune in love and sustain the change. And flourish in love and find your joy. Visit BalboaPress.com and search for Living in the Spirit of Love and enjoy Dr. Farish's new book today. Announcing Dr. Jean-Marie Farish's new book, Love Mastery Devotion Journal, 21-Day Weekly Prompts and Affirmations. This is the companion piece to Dr. Farish's best-selling book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being. Through the new book, we invite you to cultivate a lifestyle of love through daily devotional practices over a 21-day period following nine ingredients in the recipe of love. Love Mastery Devotion Journal, 21-Day Weekly Prompts and Affirmations is available on Amazon.com and Balboa Press. Best-selling authors international, news honors best-selling authors around the globe. Dr. Jean-Marie Farish is featured in the newly released issue of Published Magazine. To have first access to this treasured resource, go to PublishedMagazine.com. Jean Marie Farish's Center for Conscious Loving, LLC, cultivates a lifestyle of love and wholehearted connections through personal growth, altruistic services, and speaking engagements. Resources include classes, workshops, life care coaching, and creative service projects with an emphasis on cultural arts. Visit the website at Dr. Jean Marie Farish ConsciousLoving.com. That's Dr. Jean Marie Farish Conscious Loving. 
or click the link on the Love Light show page. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Feel free to connect with our program through email or check out our links on Facebook. Reach Jean at Jean72Farish at Yahoo.com. That's Jean72Farish at Yahoo.com. And now, back to Love Light. Well, welcome back to Love Light, Living in the Spirit of Love. If you're just joining us, we are with our amazing guest, Rebecca Simons, founder of Blissfully Living, LLC, Paul Templer, adventurer, entrepreneur, philanthropist, neuroliteracy expert. They are co-authors of the international bestseller, Marked for Life, Finding Grace and Grit Where You Least Expect It, so is the title of our show today. So, Paul and Rebecca, I know we had a conversation about diagnosing ourselves. <laughs> Tell, highlight, you know, what that means and what that looks like. You know, um, let's see, Jean. We could go into, there's a lot of really cool science on this. The state, the state ultimately we're looking for is psychoneurophysiological coherence. That's a lot of words. But essentially, when we're looking to diagnose um, the easiest way, if, if our listeners will just take a moment at, during the course of the day and just diagnose, am I being grateful or am I being grumpy? That's simple. If, if they can do that, if they can take a moment just to identify that, they've become what we call basically neuroliterate. And that means they have the ability to identify and rewire aspect of their brain's kind of automatic responses that are getting in the way of their performance and well-being. And if people are able to just merely identify, am I grateful? Am I grumpy? Hmm. Wow. They then have the choice to go into grateful. And as soon as they choose to look for something to be grateful for, they've developed the ability to choose a more productive response and wire in over time a new set of neural pathways that will improve how they feel, how they think, how they act. So the, the most incredible diagnostic tool, am I grateful or am I grumpy, then leads into the what happens next. And the way we wire in those networks is daily gratitude practice. Find something we're grateful for and connect authentically with it. The next would be find ways to be kind, a kindness practice. And I don't just mean being kind to others, although that's an element to it. I mean, finding those opportunities to stop and go, wait a minute, what would be kind to myself? Mm. And this means getting out of the AIRPs we discussed earlier, because automatically, in fact, the vast majority of people I speak to have a way harder time being kind to themselves than others. But by activating an EDRP, an effortful deliberative reasoning process, it's by, by making myself every day say, today, how am I going to be kind to myself? And then doing that, we're activating a new set of neural networks. And then if we're being grateful and we're being kind, we just do the next right thing. Rebecca used the great metaphor earlier, and she is so great at this, this next right thing, at not, at going back to the baseball metaphor, swinging for the bleachers, just doing that next right thing, just going for that single base hit, 
just doing those little things that will move us one step forward. They'll enable us to be who we want to be in this world, to do the things we want to do in this world. Because here's the beautiful thing, repetition plus emotion. If I'm being grateful, if I'm being kind, and I'm taking action, what's happening? My brain's rewiring itself. And before long, those become our automatic intuitive reasoning processes. And those pathways on the other side, those ones that kept us trapped, those ones that kept us like hunkered in and heroically suffering, they dissipate. Because as much as neurons that fire together wire together, neurons that fire apart wire apart. So when you, you asked the question just before the break about heroic suffering, it, it made me think about life before I found out about this neuroliteracy. And it was like I was in this, this color movie but I was the only character who was in black and white. And by being grateful, being kind, and doing the next right thing, I get to live in full color. Wow, I love that. that those superpowers, kindness, goodness, love, gratitude. And for our listeners, just think about what am I doing to myself? Because if you are mired in this negativity, negative self-talk, this leads to what illness and stress and, you know, more physical, emotional problems. Rebecca? Right. Right. I mean, I sort of strive for heroic wholeness. (laughs) Oh, Um, I love that. I love that. Heroic wholeness. Right. And, and sometimes, it's hard, especially depending on who you're surrounding yourself with. It's it can be challenging. No, I I am someone who does deserve to take care of myself. I'm not talking, you know, excessive opulence here, but mm-hmm. okay, I'm gonna eat well. I'm gonna get my sleep. I'm gonna drink water. I'm gonna go outside. Just simple things that, not again, not huge huge things that you have to do to change your life, but that you care about yourself and you make yourself whole, right? Mm. Your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health, all of those, you know, to take care of yourself and make yourself whole is so important. And then that, I think, helps you put on those superpowers of kindness, goodness, love, and gratitude. Because I know when I am hungry or tired or operating from a deficit, I am not the best at being kind, good, loving, and grateful, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true, so true. Amen. <laughs> you know, Amen I, to that. <laughs> I love, okay, so take off the cloak of heroic suffering and put on the cloak of heroic wholeness. Yeah, and mine's a crown <laughs> probably. Yes, and, and it's that self-love, self-worth, and as Paul said, the, being kind and good to yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you get, it's just that it's like the oxygen mask, right? On the airplanes. If you do this to yourself, you have the opportunity to help so many people and serve and be of service to so many. That's true. Just the energy you're projecting. Mm -hmm. And what I find as you exhibit these kinds of behavior, not only exhibit, but embody them, it can change, you know, others who are in your presence, you know, it can shift their mood. So we create this positive ripple effect for change. Mm-hmm. 
And it can also show you maybe who you might want to set some boundaries with (laughs) if they're not, if their mood doesn't shift and it keeps continuing to be negative or toxic or complaining. Okay. That might not be a person I want in my spirit, sphere of influence. You know, I think we had a delightful conversation when I think, was it you or who was complaining? And then the other one coughed. <laughs> and I said, gosh, I was complaining the other day. And my spiritual friend said, OK, I'm going to hear you out for a few seconds, but you're going to have to stop. <laughs> yep. You get to complain for a little bit, but then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Change the script. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your services and resources and perhaps some you know, gifts you like to give away for our listeners. Well, I established Blissfully Living about 10 years ago. It's our 10-year anniversary was this March, so it's exciting. It started out as a bespoke concierge service, and then I pivoted that during COVID because it's shelter-in-place, lockdown, and then also coming out of my divorce, um, I had a couple close friends reach reach out to me who were married, but they had other friends and actually some siblings going through a divorce, and they said, hey, watching you navigate and get through your divorce experience, I think you'd be a great and valuable resource for my friend, you know, Susie or my sister or this. And I started to think, you know, there are a lot of women, there are actually about 2,400 people that get divorced a day in the U.S. So a lot of people are going through this that need resources and accompaniment outside of their circle of friends and family. Okay. So creating a course of okay. called Divorce Not Destroyed, Live Your Own Happily Ever After. And I'm collaborating with neuroscientists okay. to integrate neuroliteracy tools into the program. And that's what we've been talking about today okay. and how that can really change the experience of navigating a divorce. So how, how can the listeners connect with you? Yeah. So I, uh, for me, they can follow me on Instagram. I'm Rebecca M, the letter M, as a Marie Simons. And um, if you message me there, I'll go ahead and send you a little guide. It's called okay. 10 Ways to Fall in Love with Yourself because falling in love with yourself is the best person <laughs> to be in love with. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, Paul, what about you? How can our listeners uh, connect with you? Probably the best way would be through my website, which is my name, paultemplar.com. Okay. Okay. Well, this has been such a knowledge, what uh, inspirational and knowledgeable conversation. And I'm sure that our listeners have been inspired. Very nicely done. Thank you so much for your wisdom and insights that will truly give us the grace and grit to maintain a new mindset to come become masters of ourselves and create a new reality. And I look forward to you both returning to love life. Thank you. It was a pleasure. All right. Wonderful. So I invite listeners to tune in again on demand, share our show with others, connect with Rebecca and Paul to learn more. And thank you, Paul and uh, uh, Rebecca, for your generosity. And uh, Rebecca, you've indicated where listeners can access uh, that free download. Mm -hmm. So, So tune in next week for our show, Conversations with Animals, Wisdom, about life, love, and healing with Barrett Stover and Beth Munn. Much gratitude to the Voice America team for making this show a reality and for shining their love light around the world. And I'd like to leave you with a poem by uh, Rumi, The Guest House. This is a metaphor for our humanity and our experiences. 
This being human is a guest house. Every moment, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Your life is a testimony. Will it be one mired in negativity or life lived with grace and grit? You have what it takes. Believe in possibilities. Believe in the power of choice. Do what feels good and right. You are incredible. Let it be so and create a life you love. I'm Dr. Jean Marie coming to you from Voice America. And until we meet again, remember, an empowered self is a loving self. And keep your love light shining. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Love Light this week. Be sure to join Dr. Jean Marie Farish again for another program next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a wonderful week filled with love, self-worth, and better connections.